Welcome, everybody. It's time for another Hollywood Godfather podcast. And tonight we have a very special show. First, I want to introduce my co-writer, my hero. He's making me now a Broadway, I don't know, I guess star or, or, or whatever it is. Don't worry about At it. At least. At least. Pat Picciarelli. How you doing? You know, Johnny, I understand that they're naming a Broadway Russo way now. It's going to be changed. No, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> we know, let's just get on it first. Maybe I'll buy it yeah. later. <laughs> and who just chimed in and with her lo lovely laugh, Megan Haran. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. And we're all excited because the gentleman that's joining us for the third time, and I'm more excited because of he is involving me in rectifying a few major crime cases that were unsolved and duly misinformed to the public. But the one I have a passion for, and I spent a lot of time with, four years at least, with Marilyn Monroe, and we're talking about Mark Shaw. The book is called Collateral Damage, one of 30-some-odd books that he's written, and he's included me in... Many, many things that we're going to talk about tonight. Welcome again, Mark Shaw, my man. Well, hey, thank you. Thanks to all of you for having me on. It's an honor again. Looking very much like back. Walter Winchell. <laughs> yeah, Walter Winchell. I'm the Walter Winchell of uh, this era. I love it. Love it. Yes. So, with no further ado, what would you like to enlighten us about tonight? Well, I think uh, what's important here is to remember that hopefully collateral damage resolves uh, three true crime murder mysteries, you know, that should have never been mysteries at all. Uh, you mentioned Marilyn, uh, Dorothy Kilgallen, the heralded uh, journalist, uh, remarkable uh, journalist in the 1950s and 60s, Pulitzer Prize nominated journalist, uh, her death in, in 1965, and then of course JFK. And if you meld all three of them together then, We've got a stretch of history from 1962 on to 60, 1965 because they died within 40 uh, months of each other. Uh, but there's a couple books that I'd like to uh, just suggest that we chat about. The first one is called The Enemy Within. And this was written by Bobby Kennedy uh, shortly after he became Attorney General in 1961. Uh, before that, he had been a member, you know, Gianni and Patrick, too, that he was on the McClellan Committee, uh, the racketeering committee that looked into organized crime in the United States. J. Edgar Hoover said organized crime didn't even exist, but they had this. Uh, well, we know why he did that. <laughs> we do. Had this uh, congressional committee look into this. Uh, Jack Kennedy, as a, as a senator, was prominent, and then Bobby Kennedy was their counsel. And they interviewed uh, during that time the, the most prominent uh, uh, mafiosos in the country, uh, Mickey Cohen, Carlos Marcello, uh, Santo Traficante, Sam Giancana, all of them. And uh, Bobby had such a vendetta toward, him, toward them. He was trying to make headlines for himself. And as he questioned these guys, he made fun of them. Uh, when Sam Giancana at one point laughed, he called him a, gig a giggling little girl and all of that. And so he really had a vendetta against these people. And, uh, you know, he, he basically, as attorney general, was going to wipe them from the face of the earth. But this book that he wrote was called The Enemy Within. And it, again, just attacked just the, it took, he, he took it so personal with regard to, to these gentlemen. I'll, I'll read you one excerpt. They have the look of Al Capone's men. They are sleek, often built, bilious and fat, or lean and cold and hard. They have smooth faces and cruel eyes of gangsters. They wear the rich clothes, the diamond ring, the jeweled watch, the strong, sick, sickly smelling, sweet smelling perfume. And the reason that this book is so important is that it is basically the reason why that Bobby Kennedy was in Los Angeles during the summer of 1962 before Marilyn Monroe died on August 4th, 1962. He was meeting with producers there to, to uh, per, uh, perhaps produce a film based on the enemy within. He was at 20th Century Fox. He was all over L.A. And in another book I want to talk about a little bit called The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe by Frank 
Capella, which was Frank Capella that was uh, published just after Marilyn died. Capella uh, documents uh, Bobby being in Los Angeles. Uh, he, he has a ledger in there of the well, Beverly Hills. We should Hotel. bring out, though, Mark, that he alleged he wasn't near L.A. during that death. Well, that's that's exactly true. Uh, Capel showed that he was, and uh, so uh, we know that, uh, that Bobby was in the L.A. area. Now, that then, we go forward, because as many of your listeners will know, and your watchers, uh, that uh, Marilyn Monroe was supposed to have committed suicide. Uh, that dovetails on the fact that uh, Dorothy Kilgallen was supposed to have died of an overdose in 1965, uh, and that uh, Dor uh, JFK was supposedly just killed by Lee Harvey Oswald in 1963. So you've got three deaths within 40 months, but the connection is Bobby Kennedy. And the, the enemy within was the reason that he was out there, even though later he said that he wasn't. He said he was up in San Francisco and all of that. And as you know, I've destroyed that alibi collateral damage. Oh, yeah. By not only showing a ledger at 20th Century Fox on the day Marilyn died, showing that a helicopter landed with Peter Lawford and Bobby Kennedy in it, but I quoted a book by a Beverly Hills Police Department officer, the most decorated at, the, at that time, who uh, stopped a car going 75 uh, in a 35 on Wilshire Boulevard in L.A., and there was uh, uh, Peter Lawford driving, Bobby Kennedy was in the back, the Greenson, Greenson the... Uh, Maryland psychiatrist was in the front seat. So we know he that he was there. But it was this book that connects him to uh, the death of Maryland because he had come to Los Angeles to try to make a film. And, and what I've tried to do in the book, connect Maryland JFK and Dorothy Kilgallen. And this is one strong connection for sure between Maryland and Bobby Kennedy. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, I, as you know, I was in... I had the first, the, the great four years of my life right up to her death. And uh, as they were trying to say, as uh, most people don't know how they came to this conclusion, it wasn't a normal autopsy. They brought in three psychiatrists to analyze what they thought her mood of death was. And there, there really was no prognosis but chemically or whatever, as normal, you would come to a resolve of saying she overdosed. They oh, were assuming Dorothy, she was depressed. <laughs> right. Dorothy had written about that. She wrote about that uh, Marilyn's life was on the upswing. She was uh, going to Hollywood parties. She was dating a man whose name was bigger than Joe DiMaggio, which turned my research towards JFK. But when I knew that JFK had dumped her, I went on to, uh, to look at, at Bobby Kennedy. And uh, it's most interesting, you mentioned the autopsies, and I have them both here. Uh, the, the first time at 10.30 on August 5th, the day after Marilyn died, they said it was an acute barbiturate poisoning ingestion of overdose. Six hours later in the afternoon, they changed that to probable suicide. So they were intent on showing that Marilyn committed suicide, thus you're not after anyone that could have been involved in her death. The most interesting part of that, though, is where I found that um, uh, Dr. Thomas Noguchi, who handled the autopsies for Maryland, the junior medical examiner, uh, he admitted later in an interview, and I have, have that on tape, where he made mistakes when he conducted the autopsy. If you can imagine this, he finally uh, admitted that he had forgot to check some of her inner organs uh, that he should have checked to look for suspicious things with regard to these barbiturates that supposedly were ingested into her body and, and Gianni, you and I both know they weren't ingested. They were, they were rectally uh, inserted into her body. And I've shown how that works in, in uh, uh, collateral damage. But he admitted that he uh, forgot, forgot to look at these organs so that he could find out was what, what was in her stomach and other kinds of things. And you know what he said then is, finally, when I realized it, well, I went back to look for them and they had been destroyed. So one great similarity between Dorothy Kilgallen's death and Marilyn's are these botched autopsies. Because in, in Dorothy's death, they only found one barbiturate. I later proved there were three in her body. Thus, you know, there was the potential for her to have, have, uh, have been murdered instead of uh, her having overdosed. And with, with Marilyn's case, uh, it, it's just a sin. It's a tragedy that, that an autopsy like this was handled the way it was. Then there was no investigation by the uh, by, by Bobby's friend, William Parker, the L.A. police chief. And then, as you said, they appointed this ludicrous panel to in, 
investigate her and only talked about her her uh, having suicidal tendencies when that wasn't true at all. No. You know, these two women again, and I get very passionate about this because they never were were given the justice they deserved at the time. And and as I think I might have told you before, there's one little quote near my writing table that I keep in mind when I'm when investigating, and it says, uh, "The death, uh, the uh, the dead cannot." A fight for justice. It is the job of the living to do so for them. And I'm pleased, Gianni, that you're you're assisting me and we're going together to look for justice for Maryland with the LAPD, excuse me, the LAPD, um, LA uh, District Attorney and others to try to get a voice for these two women who were denied justice back in the 1960s. Well, not uh, more so even with Marilyn, because Marilyn is bigger than Dorothy Kilgallen in her legacy now. Alive, yet, I mean, it's so alive yet. And for young people who adore her, and I know so many people who never knew her, but they still, yeah, you know, they admire her. And it, it's it's terrible that we, even myself, I knew that what went on, but for her to go and leave a legacy that she depressed and took her own life. I mean, that's probably the most injustice thing to leave this woman's legacy with that, you know, with that blemish on it. Well, they're both, both their reputations were tarnished, uh, tarnished forever when they wrote, when they let the uh, media know, Marilyn kills self, or with Dorothy, Dorothy overdoses on drugs, you know? Uh, you know, that just tarnished their reputations for sure and everything. Oh, yeah. And with regard to Bobby Kennedy, uh, we know now that, of course, uh, Marilyn had had made the same mistake that Dorothy made. Uh, she was going to go to the media with uh, information about, uh, you know, the love affairs and the uh, matters of national security that, that there was pillow talk or whatever that JFK and RK, RFK had given her after she came back from that Cal Neva party that you were at, where uh, she basically felt like she was going to be passed around. She felt like a piece of meat. And she told, you know, Bobby and, and the Kennedy, she was going to the media. And as one witness. Well, she was, told Sinatra. And right, she was dead. She, she was screaming. It. And we yeah. knew then, because when I flew back to tell Costello what went on, because he, he liked blow by blow. Nobody was in. We met immediately by ourselves. He says, tell me the minute you land, I want to know every conversation. Because that was my job at that time. I was his eyes and ears. And when I told him and gave him some of the facts that nobody knew that she just aborted a baby for Robert Kennedy, who already had five kids with Ethel. Nobody even knew there was an affair going on unless real insiders, because she believed what John said to her. Once he became president, he was going to leave Jackie and marry her. That's how naive she was. And, it, you know, it's such a, a, a travesty. Have this visual, visual in the book. Uh, and, and I've had uh, uh, emails to me just saying that they, they, they can see that image. The image is Marilyn uh, in August, right at the 1st of August of 1960. She's sitting by the telephone. JFK won't return her calls. Bobby Kennedy won't return her calls. I mean, she's so distraught. She was looking for love, this woman, and she fell into the nest of the Kennedys. And here it is, you know, they, they're dumping her, both of them. And, and she shouldn't have been put through that, you know. And, and I, I wish there was more um, sympathy for, for Marilyn. I think some feel like she should have known better than to have gotten involved with the Kennedys. But she believed in them. Why, why wouldn't she? And she did believe in them. I've had so many conversations. But like so many people who failed her, though, even Sinatra, so many of them mis just mis misled her, and she felt all she had to offer was her body. Because I don't want the listeners to think she was that promiscuous. She was just that naive, and she, I guess she fell in love. Like, you know, people uh, like a, a piece of fruit. I don't know how to even compare it, because, I mean, she was. I mean, even Marlon Brando, Tony Curtis, they all confided in me once we all knew that we were with her. Because there was one identifiable scar on her body that if you didn't, if you weren't with her, you would never know. And I, I'm sure you were you aware of that scar? About, I was, yes. And yeah. she was, she, you know, she was looking for love, and you know, um, Marilyn, you know, was a wasn't the dumb blonde everybody thought she was. Oh no, I mean, no. Nope. There's a book called Fragments that I have in, in my book uh, that, that quotes some of her poetry and her writing and everything like that. For God said she wrote, uh, she read Ulysses, which I 
I never I was able to read. Hello. I mean, she was much more of an intellectual than people uh, thought she was. You know, as far as Bobby Kennedy's complicity in this, I want to go back to The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe. This was a 72-page book that was released one year after Marilyn died. And he makes all sorts of uh, allegations in here about uh, a Bobby, the ruthlessness of him, and how he used Marilyn Monroe and all these things. But one of, you know, Dorothy Kilgallen was very good. Uh, Patrick, you would, you would appreciate this as, as a detective, former detective. She looked for small clues that made a difference in a case. And in this situation, what she, she found was that, and, and what's in a CIA document, that it was when this book was released, the, uh, the CIA document proved that the Kennedys and the FBI went out and bought all of the copies they could find of this book so nobody else would go ahead and read it. And, you know, that's just proof that they were worried about, you know, they made fun of this book in public, but they were scared to death of the information that Capel had in this book. And so they basically, it was censorship, you know, at its, at its greatest length because they went out there and decided to buy as many books as they could so the public couldn't read them. I think that's the evidence, the proof here, that they were scared to death of what Capel was going to say about Maryland. I did Capel question? Okay, I'm sorry, Pat, please. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mark, uh, what is your goal in reopening this case? What do you hope that's going to happen if they, if they reopen? Well, I think if they reopen Dorothy's case and... Uh, well, Marilyn's case. Marilyn's okay, case. Marilyn's case. To change the autopsy, <laughs> to leave a legacy that's supposed to be. Well, well okay. there's a problem there. Yeah. But uh, what I... There's no internal organs. Uh, given my, I'm just speaking from experience. I'll, I'll be a devil's advocate here. Yes, it could be changed. It could be changed to undetermined. And uh, would you be satisfied with that? Well, I think it depends on what the headline is, but uh, suicide obviously is wrong. It wasn't a suicide. Yeah. Some people have said, if you change it to overdose, that's enough. No. I think it basically this is a murder. This is a homicide. And I believe, you know, I sent the DA 300 pages of my book with all the evidence in it. I sent him the book. I sent him all the information that I possibly could, just saying, take a good look at this, the autopsy, everything else. Take a good look at this and decide in your own mind, based on motive and the fact that, that, that this shows that Maryland did not commit suicide. The forensics, everything show that that didn't happen. Reopen this investigation. Let the public know that you're doing that. And then I hope the result will be that you will change the verdict here to the fact that Marilyn Monroe was murdered, that she was silenced because she was the actress, basically, who knew too much. And 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 Bobby Kennedy and the Kennedys couldn't let her go to the meeting. That's did what I'm Did he answer your letter? Not yet. It was delivered about a week ago. On her birthday. Her 95th yeah. birthday. I'd, I'd be interested to see what he has to say. Well, Patrick, what I'd like for you to do is to fly to Los Angeles and, and meet with the DA and convince him to reopen the damn case now. Do that. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to get some uh, uh, guns out, 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 of my, out of my safe here. <laughs> then I'll go and put one to his head. Because, you know, truthfully, as you know, you, 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 have, you have just on your side. You have righteousness on your side. But the police, however, and once again, I'm giving the opposite view here, what I think, what road they're going to take is that after reviewing the evidence, we're going to change this uh, autopsy result to undetermined, which leaves a whole scope of possibilities open. Murder, suicide, overdose, and they're probably going to leave it at that. That's my feeling. Uh, I could be wrong, and I hope I am wrong. What well, do you think? But we, we, we think, I think, and, and Mark and I have had several conversations, and I'm currently getting the Hollywood uh, who's who to, help. to give their opinions. Because you know how, I mean, look at the media. I mean, I hate to say this to them because I know them since they're little girls. I mean, look what the Kardashians were able to achieve by media appeal. If we get some you're people, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Get some, get some big names in there. Well, that's what we're doing. That's what no, Mark and I are doing right now. Yeah, that's a that's a very good idea. We're not yeah. leaving it to the police department. I'm actually attacking the Screen Actors Guild and Producers Guild, 
and anybody that knows it's still alive or knew of her. Because that's if you can get that kind, I mean, I'm not going away because I, 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 I number one, I, I was with her so many nights. I used to meet her at 1111 Fifth Avenue, which happens to be the actor's studio, at 11 o'clock at night. And like Mark pointed out, she was just offered a Broadway play as a legitimate actress, not a sex symbol. And she was overwhelmed with that. She was had a great she had a great relationship with again a, a, a very famous man that she felt she was going to reunite with and have, have children. I mean, I, I'm, I'm 17 years her junior at that time. We were good friends. I, I don't even want the audience to think this was a, you know, a perverted situation. But that's who she was. At that time, I needed a hug. She needed a hug. And I think, I mean, I, I, I'm going to spend whatever money I have to. And, uh, and I'm not doing it for any other reason. I'm trying to do it on the QT because I don't want anybody to read into it that I'm trying to get self-glory out of it. So you got to be careful with that, too, on my end. And I'm hoping Mark... And you will guide me in that. Well, Gianni, I, I want to say, and I've said this on several of, of the interviews that I've given, and I've told you guys that I did. I've promoted your book. And, and because basically together, you filled a great many holes that uh, were, were still open with regard to what happened, not only with the JFK assassination, but with Marilyn's death. Uh, it, it's just absolutely amazing. There couldn't, the timing couldn't have been better. Uh, for you to come forward with your book, because what my investigation was showing, but as you know, in collateral damage, I filled in those holes by what you've said about your relationship with Marilyn and your being there with her the last weekend before she died and all that. The whole thing about the JFK assassination, putting together Marcello and Oswald. By the way, I found a woman in uh, Dallas who had personal knowledge of uh, of Jack Ruby being together with Marcello in the summer of 1963. But you're the plug there into everything that happened. Yeah, and because, so, you know, most people don't, you know, that, that we looked at Jack Ruby in a different light. Jack Ruby was working for Chicago and New York for many, many years in Dallas, running their clubs and their slot machine business. So it, we, they didn't pick him out randomly, and they knew what they were doing. They wanted somebody on the inside to start taking them out. There were 73 people on a hit list that had to go. I was one of them. Fortunately, I left the country, and then they just got exhausted. But you know, Dorothy Kilgallen was seventy-two. So, do the math. What I tried, what I tried to do as a DA, show him, and I highlighted the pages and things in the book where you guys uh, have provided proof, especially about Marilyn there, because that's undeniable. Let's say, uh, at, at you know, with, with dreaming, I suppose, Patrick. But let's say, for some reason, with all the other things going on in LA. And everything else, he decides to open a reinvestigation and conducts and convenes a grand jury. I mean, look at look at Gianni as a witness uh, in terms of primary source there at the time with regard to that. With photographs uh, to prove it. Enormous. That, that would be enormous <laughs> that he was able to give a firsthand account of what Marilyn was really like, walking across the Brooklyn Bridge with her and all of that and what she was doing, but also about that last week of her death because he has personal knowledge of Bobby Kennedy being involved in JFK and all of that. And then, you know, somebody who ever handled that grand jury would lay out the evidence a lot like I have in the, in the, uh, in, in collateral damage. Well, and I, believe I found out someone else jury with any sense would come back and change that verdict. Well, there's someone else that's alive who was very much in love with Marilyn and she was staying at her father's house, Lee Strasberg's daughter. Ah, and she went there on the weekends, and Marilyn and her had a great relationship, and I know with some convincing that I can get at least a statement from her under oath. We could bring a court stenographer in, but working this the way we're doing it with credible people, not hearsay and facts, is what's going to make the difference, and I think Pat would, would credit that being a... Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the best case scenario, right? Uh, but uh, you know, look, let's let's hope. It's it's. Look, how long has it been? Fifty something years. I mean, you know, almost sixty. Yeah, almost yeah. sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Gianni. Yes, my dear. Sorry, Pat. Gianni, let me ask you this. You said you were going after 
Screen Actors Guild and people who are still around right. who would be able to the only reason I'm unis- about this situation. Well, the- Why do you think that they that no one else has come out about this? I don't know if they had the passion or, or the wherewithal. Mark and I have a passion. We talk about it. There's no reason she should go to the grave. Yeah, she has a lot of fans. The only reason I went to the Screen Actors Guild, because I could find out who's still alive in the era that we are. See what I'm saying? Right. They know who's alive yet. So, uh, but we can go through uh, nine, 95,000 members. So why beat that? Let's go with the source. Like Strasbourg's daughter. There's certain people that were in those classes that are still alive. They're the people I think we need to talk to and get their support. And, and a lot of these icons, who they are living icons, I think it can happen. I mean, what we just started this. About, what you're talking about, Gianni, is something that wasn't around back then. Exactly. A, a psychological autopsy. That's what you're trying to bring to the forefront in that she had no reason to kill herself. Exactly. Okay, that's, and, that's and the, I, let me speak to Strasburg a minute. That is, that is huge, and I'll tell you why. I, I, I wish I had it right here. Uh, I'd, read, I'd read, and it, bring te- it brings tears to my eyes sometimes when I read it. Uh, when Marilyn died, Lee Strasburg gave the eulogy. Yep. And it is beautiful eulogy, eulogy, and I put it in the book about the kind of person Marilyn was. And you know, I tried to humanize each of these three subjects in the book at the end of the book. Well, if I you have, analyze what you're saying, because I read that, the yeah, way I he have, described you know, her, she was have, like a seven-year-old girl. I have, a, I have Marilyn in a in a photograph with Joe DiMaggio Jr. She hoped that she might remarry Joe DiMaggio when she got over the Bobby Kennedy thing. There's one in there of her and a little girl at a at a, a charity event. That's who Marilyn was, Dorothy with her children, JFK with his children. We lost these three, but especially Marilyn. And, and that, that eulogy by, uh, uh, by, by Strasburg, uh, you can get that. To, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll separate it out and send it to you. And if you could get that to her, I think that would, uh, would really perhaps push her forward in doing something. And that's still a magic name in Hollywood. Isn't well, it? Of course. I was never going to stop. Everybody, I mean, all the, all the people I know right now, Pacino and all these people, they all studied with him. I mean, you know, Stella Adler and her and he were the big guys then teaching acting. And, and there's still, like you said, there's so many thespians that are alive. And Marilyn is an icon to them. And I, I think I would love for you to get me that because I, I, you I know, will get I me will, that. And I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to see. Her. Yeah, yeah, please. Whatever, because that's a magic name. Yeah. That would make sense. Don't you think, Patrick? I think it would. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have to get numbers, lots of people. And the more uh, uh, famous that these people are, the better chance you're going to have. It's political pressure is, one, is, is what's going to get this real. That's exactly right. A change in the verdict of uh, of uh, accidental overdose or suicide. Going for anything, that's what you get. You will have a conflict. Megan, hearing all this and being a young person, I think I asked this the last time, and not knowing a great about Marilyn Monroe, does it does it concern you in terms of what happened with Marilyn? Are you are you uh, upset in terms of her uh, what I what I'm saying? And I think we're all saying she didn't receive the justice she should have. In, 1962 when she died. Does that upset you at all? Well, yes, absolutely. I think people my age aren't privy to this knowledge of her connection with the Kennedys. And I know it because I've been around Gianni and yourself and Pat. But I do think it's important for for our generation, like Gianni's been saying, to shed a different light on her legacy. I think it's I think it's deeply upsetting. I think it definitely has to be something that's looked at. See, the, and the good, the good news, I'm glad, Mark, that you're directing it to her because, you know, Megan is a part of everything we do. And uh, we're about to go to Broadway. And she's going to be a, a, a big vocal point of my campaign there also because she brings in that other generation. And, and I think that other generation, as we mentioned earlier, who support all of this uh, media, you know, that who made so many people that are not, not even, have no talent, not alone, 
any a bit of talent. They they made these people, you know, they get two million or twenty million followers a day. And we need a voice that can register to them. And I think Megan's the person to spearhead that. Absolutely. I've well, thank you. With her. Very impressed with all of you, but uh, uh, Megan is, is first class, just like you guys Thank are. you, Mike. I really appreciate that. No. I, we, you know. I, have a, I have another question for you, if I can interject real quick. Please. On the topic of the autopsies, do you believe that they were actually accidentally botched, or do you think there was something else going on there, a hand in the play? We know they were threatened. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think uh, it, it's diff I don't like to speculate. I, I, I really don't. But uh, it's too coincidental that uh, both in Marilyn's uh, case, and, and Patrick, you'll find this interesting too, more in Marilyn's case and in Dorothy's case, junior medical examiners with very little experience were assigned to their cases. Uh, I think that they wanted these cases closed up as soon as they possibly could. And so they came up with Noguchi. Well, if you know anything about him, his investigations into Michael Jackson's case and others were always a question in terms of his credibility. O.J. Simpson, too. O.J. Simpson, all of that. And so um, I think, uh, and this was, this, was a, um, you know, this was a summation given to me by a very smart man who's a politician. Uh, and, and he said to me, you know, Mark, basically what they did is Bobby Kennedy went to uh, William Parker, the police chief, and said, we need to close this down. And if if uh, if the police chief was told, and then the medical examiner Kerfee was told, and then if Noguchi was told by these very powerful people to close up this with a suicide, that was what was going to happen. There wasn't going to be anybody be able to get in the middle of that and come up with some sort of a an idea that there was a homicide. And I think he's right. And let's well, point out Noguchi. That was Noguchi's one of his first cases. So why 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 would you even give it to him? No, he's not Johnny, qualified. Hey, Johnny, Mark, uh, purpose of an autopsy. Think of what you, uh, you know. I, I, I've attended, but just think about what you've seen on TV. What's the first thing they do in an autopsy? They cut you open, and why do they do that? Stomach content. The organ. They examine it. Uh, uh, they speak into a tape recorder, and then they weigh it, and they put it aside for a later dissection. So for Thomas Noguchi, I don't care if he was the first day out of uh, medical You open up a body. That's what you do in an autopsy. And what do you do when you're there? Gee, I forgot all about the organs. I mean, come up with a better excuse, you know. Yep. Open up the body. You do what you have to do with the organs. Uh, you put them back in the body after they're examined and uh, dissected. Right. Lives are taken. And then you sew the, uh, uh, sew the body up. How could he possibly say he forgot about the organs? I don't get that. Well, I think the pressure. <laughs> the yeah, pressure. But, you know, come up with another excuse. I took the organs out. I wrote everything down. I do 50 autopsies a day. I, I submitted my report. The report vanished. That I can understand. That's right. easy. Right. But I forgot to examine the organs. Yeah. And how long after did that come out? Uh, How he, long after did it come he out? He finally admitted that about six months afterwards. That uh, oh, okay. said anything he about got, that? He got confused. Thomas Noguchi went on to be probably the most the famous me in LA history. Oh yeah, well, no one ever said, "Hey, Doc, what do you mean? What happened to the organs? I mean, nobody brought this up, <laughs> right? Really? Apparently not. Apparently not. But again, see, they, they just, uh, it's like Dorothy's death. Uh, it just disappeared. No investigation was done. I can understand that. You know, I know. It sometimes. I know. I, say, know. I, I got to look at the organs? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Step one, look at the organs. Step one, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. And, oh and you know, that's just another puzzling part of this. And all of that, autopsy terms. That's a word. Ah, excellent. <laughs> what the hell? Are you? <laughs> but I, you encouraged me today. Down. <laughs> uh, encouraged me today, Patrick and, and Johnny, because you know I I could only write a book, and I've written and I've sent the material out there, and we're starting to get some more interviews and publicity with regard to it. But it's going to take some heavy weights out in L.A. It's an uphill climb. But if there's just one phone call from Miss Strasburg's daughter to 
uh, Jill Garstone uh, at, at the DA's office and says, look, I know you've got this material. I know you've got the book. I can send her a book if she wants one. And if she calls and says, you know, uh, really, come on now, let's let's look into this. I think that can make all the difference in the world because then the the pressure will swell. And one way or another, uh, he may very well feel like he can make some headlines with this, frankly, because the latest that I've seen about him, he's being denounced every day for this and that and all of that. It may make him feel like, hey, I need to, some good things to come out in the press. And you can imagine the explosion of media there would be if he just said, I'm invest reinvestigating Maryland's death. Well, I think, see, the people that uh, I'm hoping Strasburg's daughter gives me the list of, like the Pacinos of the world, like the people that are still alive and acclaimed in their field, to get on the bandwagon and support it. And I, I have some influence on some of them, especially Pacino, because he's a righteous guy and he's got three daughters and that, that whole situation. And I think, like you're pointing out, if we get some marquee value on today's value that are still working and understand the credibility of Strasburg, I think we, we, we have a, a way to go. I do too. And I, as I say, you know, uh, I've tried to lay it all out in the book. And that's what I tried to do. I, I figured they might not read the book. So I took 300 pages out of it and presented the evidence just like you would do, you know, if you were a detective, uh, Patrick, and you took it into the DA and said, okay, here's the results of my investigation. Here's what I found about all aspects of this, pointing to the complicity of Bobby Kennedy and Marilyn's death and why she was killed and all of that. And, and let's look into this. You know, that's what I was hoping I could do by sending that letter out. Well, you, you started the wheel turning. I hope so. And um, I, don't, I don't think it's that big of a hill to go up, believe me. Once, once we get the support. We need the support. We're all saying the same thing, basically. Well, if you, if you, if you read the book and you and learn about Marilyn, uh, you fall in love with her. because she. Oh, my she, God, yeah tough at a tough time no mother no this no that she went through all the gender discriminations you have to to get to the top and you know of, of the world in the entertainment business you know i've asked people in, in interviews just to go watch her go watch her on some of the youtube videos um there's no business like show business Marilyn dancing and singing you know you have to appreciate what we lost there because when she was on the screen as you know gianni she, she oh. may have been the most beautiful woman who who, who ever lived uh, but when she's on the screen, there's nobody else on the screen. Right. That's the woman amazing. was cut down at the age of 36 years old. Yeah. What Six. a shame. For our viewers, Mark, what's, what's the title again of the book? Well, it, the title is called Damage. And then I tried to uh, add the longest subtitle in literary uh, <laughs> history. Uh, the uh, Mysterious Deaths of Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Kilgallen and the ties that bind them to Robert F. Kennedy and the JFK assassination. There you go. The hell of a big book. <laughs> <laughs> the hell of a big book. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is as in, well. in, many, in many ways. Well, in, yes. I, I got writing. I just kept writing, Gianni. I just couldn't stop. So I, I can understand. Well, I'm proud of again, books. we appreciate you. And I know you'll be returning and we'll be giving, we'll be telling our audiences, yours and my, ours, positive stuff of how these cases are going. I think that I think we're going to get an overwhelming. In fact, Megan, I, th I think while we're on the air, we should say that we we should create a campaign with our followers of who is supporting what Mark and all of us want to do for Marilyn and Dorothy Kilgallen. I, I think, think that's, that's a great idea. That, that's a good way to get a teaser going. You won't believe yeah. how many people. Because uh, Mark, we get we get emails from all over the world. It, it's crazy. This well, the letter the letter to Gaston is up on my website, MarkShawBooks.com. My email exchange email exchange with Patrick uh, Detective uh, Pat, uh, Philip Panzarella of the NYPD Cold Case Squad is up on my website, Mark Shaw books.com but as far as maryland goes if you can let your followers know about that letter uh i think that would make a lot of difference yeah because you know that's how you start a major petition 
And like you're saying, everybody in L.A. definitely now (laughs) needs positive publicity. So if they take it on just for selfishness and we we get the results we want, who cares? I'm inspired by all of you. Thank you so much. No, thank Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Definitely, please. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Take care. He's such a great, I mean, the story is amazing to me. His, uh, I just started the book. I mean, the amount of research presses <laughs> the hell out of me. Oh. And I do for a living. And it, it, I know, it's really crazy. He handed me that assignment and want you to dig into this. I'd say, well, you're going to have to find somebody else. Yeah, where I, do you even start? I'm not, exactly. I'm not capable of this. I mean, uh, he, he absolutely fascinated. He's quite a guy. Right. You know, Megan, I'm really impressed with the questions you asked them, too. You, get, you know, it's Thank so, you. It's so important because we definitely, and I, I see young people. I, mean, I, got, I see young people wearing Marilyn T-shirts, and I know they could never know her. I've asked yeah. a few of them. And they, it's like people wearing it's like people wearing you know band logos on their shirt and they don't know a single song. It's like it's such an iconic image and name, and people don't even know you know the ordeals that she went through and how that has tainted. Well, what, what I'm what I'm saying is different because some of these people I ask younger people and they they feel so sorry of her demise. So that's oh, that's good. that's the interesting thing. So some of them do know. Other than just right. having, you know, a hot T-shirt on, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> All right, That's we're going to take I'm a break. Glad that you hear that? We're going to make some money and come back. Don't go nowhere. We know where you live. Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com that's CorleoneBuyingItalian.com. All right, we're back with the mailbag. All right, let's get to it. And on the topic of Mark Shaw, I want to share a couple messages we received um, regarding our last time we had him on. This first one is from Aaron. Aaron said, before Wednesday's episode, which was on June 9th, I was going to write in and ask when you were going to have Mark Shaw on again. I finished his book a couple days ago and couldn't put it down. Glad you had him on to talk about it because I'm so fascinated with that era and pretty much everything he talks about in his book. For me, Mark has been your best get, guest up to this point, but, so thanks for having him on. Oh, wow. Don't lose that email. I we, won't. We want her to get 10, 15 friends to follow this crusade we're going to start. Uh, Maggie, let me ask you something. There's such a yes. thing, but there is. I just don't know how to go about it. A virtual petition. There is. know anything about it, how to set it up. Um, I can look into it for sure. I've definitely signed a few in my my day. I can look into that. Um, it's very difficult. That would certainly help. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we could definitely do that. Of course, uh, uh, the the DA's position is a is a voted position. Right. If twenty or thirty thousand potential voters out there signing something like this, it's gold. Yep. That's why I thought the Strasbourg angle. Absolutely. She, she would know best. She has the registry of everybody who graduated. And, that's and who is that? Which, who is his daughter? I, I don't know. It's just she was a teacher at the school. And, okay. and, and, was and you're sure she's still alive? Oh, I mean, yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Megan, I'm still alive. <laughs> I know. I just I looked. I looked you him said up. That, I was looking you said it's so doubtful. Like, is he still alive? <laughs> no, because just because I looked him up and I was looking at the list of his children and it looked like they were all deceased, so I was just just checking up on that. Let's find out. There's all no- right. Next is from Susan. Susan says your podcasts get better and better as time goes on. They have become part of my schedule, and every Wednesday you send me on a new and exciting adventure. 
In fact, after your recent episode with Mark Shaw, I started reading his latest Collateral Damage and the page turner. Great. Good. Yeah. I hope he's Next listening. One is... <laughs> <laughs> Next one is from Derek. Derek says, I just want to let you know that Mark Shaw is one of your best guests to date. So informative and so collaborative with the rest of you guys. I began seeing information about Collateral Damage a few months ago, and I'm so happy you had Mark back on to discuss it. Even though the book is lengthy, which is necessary, I enjoyed it thoroughly and, and managed to finish it within a few days. Love the quotes and mentions of Gianni and Patrick. Great. We do, too. Thank you. As a 600-page book, I was thinking, if I ever wanted to commit suicide, I would jump off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that means you don't really want to kill yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Next, on to the questions that we have. First is from Kathy. Kathy says, my father knew Lou Dragna. Did you know him? And if so, do you have any stories about him? Lou Dragna ran L.A. With, with, I mean, Mickey Cohen and Lou are like head to head. It's like John Gotti and uh, Chin Gigante. But, uh, you know, it, uh, in fact, I, Lou Dragna, no, not too many people know this, blew up Mickey Cohen's house. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, I mean these, these guys were. And I was friends with both of them trying to play two ends against the middle because Chicago and, you know, uh, New York were friends with both of them. But they wanted to be the guy, and they were fighting for it. Now, Lou Dragner was, what a gentleman, though, also. I mean, Mickey Cohn was, too. Mickey was a tough guy. I mean, Mickey started as a prize fighter and um, took over a lot. But, uh, no, I knew, I knew both of them, fortunately. All right. Next is from Charles. Charles wants to know, Gianni, what size shoe do you wear? Okay, what's that about? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, maybe once but I buy there me you a go, pair Charles. of shoes. Next one is from Dan. Dan says, did James Conn hurt you in the fight scene from The Godfather? I heard a rumor you were injured. Well, you should have heard it on this time, a couple the show a couple of times, actually. He chipped my elbow and broke two ribs during the fight scene. All avoidable. Avoid, avoidable. But he, that's who Jimmy Conn is. That's why his career isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is from KBT. They say, what's the story behind the lapel pin you always wear? Well, that's, a, that's a, something that I'm so proud of. Part of the pin is my grandfather's uh, pin from the Vatican, Knights of Malta, my great-grandfather, Knights of Malta. Right in the, the, the Malta's beak is the St. Anthony medal that my grandmother pinned on my diaper 78 years ago. And if you travel the diamonds coming down, there's an Italian flag embedded in it. It's got so many meanings. I mean, and, and there's stuff at the end of the chain. It's just something I put together that uh, I, I, it's near and dear to me. And I, parts of it, as you can tell, are, are 100 years old. Some of it's definitely the medal is 78 years old. And that's what it's about. I wear it with great respect and honor. I was never going to be in the Army and get medals, so I... This is my Medal of Valor. <laughs> All right. Next is from Calvin. Calvin says, I have a question for Gianni. What do you know about the Kansas City mob? I loved them. The Savellas? Corky, Nicky, all of them. And even Butchie, the son. I, I, I got to know them as friends. In fact, there was a major wiretap in, uh, drum roll, 1979, I was caught on a wiretap from the FBI where I borrowed $32 million from the Teamsters Union on a napkin in Mr. Savella's basement. <laughs> I love the Savellas. And, and Butchie had a club that I really like going to call Mothers in Kansas. So the And they were very instrumental in everything that was going on. As early on is how I met them while I was campaigning, or not me campaigning, but going around getting the support and they were very heavily involved with the Teamsters Union and uh, the pension fund obviously they ran it but uh, so that was all the Teamsters and the votes that got 
Senator John F. Kennedy nominated a part of it. All right. Well, that is all we have time for for tonight. Well, I love the show. I love Mark being on it again. We got to thank him. Yeah, he's him. the best. And, um, and obviously, I love you too. So here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you all next right. week. Keep the cards and letters coming in. I really, what we talked about tonight is uh, something I think is near and dear to me and we should try and I would love you to support clearing Marilyn Monroe's death certificate to just homicide. If that, we can get that at least for justice because she did not or would not have killed herself during that time period, never. Good night. God bless you. Send your cards and letters for us. Good night, guys. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid. You can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be wrong. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. I'll be around. Give me a call. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I want you to tune into Hollywood Godfather podcast. You could find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you hear your podcasts. Remember, we put up a new show every Wednesday night. Special guests, special surprises constantly, and you can get involved. Hollywood Godfather Podcast.